Thank you for stopping by the Courageous Truth Podcast. want to take a minute today to talk about intersectionality and how we see it affecting culture, especially how we see it affecting the church and how it's working its way in under the pretext of actually doing good and fighting things like racism and economic injustice. Before we dive into that, I want to take a minute for you to hear a word from one of our ministry partners, Joshua Wilson at the Washington State Prayer Caucus. Hello, my name is Joshua Wilson from the Washington Prayer Caucus, a member of the Congressional Prayer Caucus Foundation. Our mission is to shape culture by preserving faith and religious freedom in America and Washington State. We are a national network comprised of over 1,000 lawmakers, the nation's top religious liberties lawyers, and countless pastors and business professionals. For more information on how you can get involved in critical initiatives, such as the Legislative Prayer Shield, Statewide Prayer, our national motto in God We Trust campaign, and the upcoming Return the Book Initiative, a collaboration of those fighting to get the Bible back into schools, visit us at cpcfoundation.com forward slash states forward slash Washington or email me directly at Joshua at Washington Prayer Caucus. May the Lord strengthen you as you fight to keep faith alive in Washington and America. Welcome, everyone, to the Courageous Truth Podcast. Thank you, Joshua Wilson, for keeping us informed and the work that you are doing at the Washington State Prayer Caucus. I believe that it is such an important role that everyone in Washington State and around the nation needs to be involved in, in your specific area, whatever state you live in, if you live in Arizona, New Jersey, Tennessee, wherever you're at, find your state prayer caucus and find out how you can be prayerfully supporting legislation and lawmaking and those who are serving your specific state and your specific area. We really, really, uh, it's, we're living in dire times where we have immorality writing legislation, and that is not good. Before I get into this today, what I want to talk about very briefly, I want to open up with a scripture out of Colossians chapter 3 and verse 11. This is what the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Colossia. This is verse 11. Here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, then, this is verse 12, as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so that you must also forgive. There has a been a term that I've been noticing being discussed and that I have noticed being played out in culture, in the church, in school systems, everywhere where there's people that gather, I'm noticing what we call intersectionality. Another term would be identity politics. And I believe that this ideology, ideology, however you want to frame it, is destructive and creates division, creates racism, creates tension between people and people groups. 
what intersectionality is, is it basically divides people up into different groups. Many would say different victim groups. Now, intersectionality is one of those ideologies that is very convoluted. So to put a specific definition on it, I believe it's very difficult to do. But for example, we'll use myself as an example. We'll divide myself up into the groups that I fall into. I am a white because my skin is 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 light. I'm European. I am a white male because I am a man. I don't I identify as a man, but I am a man. My chromosomes and my uh, anatomy proves that I am a man. I am a white male evangelical conservative because I vote primarily towards more conservative values or what society would say would be conservative. Now, am I Republican or Democrat? I think they're both kind of corrupt. I might lean closer to a Republican voter or a Republican candidate because they would be more likely to hold conservative biblical family values, but I, I don't identify as a Republican or, or a Democrat primarily. So anyway, going back to this concept of intersectionality, what it does is, is it takes a look at who you are. Uh, first, it looks at your race. Then it looks at your religion. Then it looks at your political affiliation. Then it looks at your economic status. Do you see where this is going? It's dividing people up based upon everything that makes up their role in the social construct of society around them. This is just so dangerous and so unhealthy because you lose your individuality. You lose who you are and you just be kind of uh, uh, just divide up into groups. Now, I would be considered a white evangelical male. Be, and, and it's kind of funny. They, people say, and a lot of people in the church say, that white evangelicalism was one of the most dangerous sects of Christianity because we would be more apt to vote for Donald Trump than we would somebody else. By the way, there were two, only two candidates in the last 2020 election. <laughs> Why would you want to vote, look at the man that's in office right now? Anyway, I digress. But when we go back to the, the scriptures, it says there is no, not Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is in all and Christ is all. The bottom line is, as the church of Jesus Christ, we have got to quit falling into identity politics. And I'm seeing this being preached in the church, and it's coming in under reconciliation. It's, it's coming in under that. But when you have to divide people up to explain to them, if, I, if someone has to divide me up into a bunch of different categories to explain to me why I behave the way I do, that's ridiculousness. The thing about like leftist, immoral, unhelpful ideologies is they're so complex. We don't need those. We don't need those complexities in our life. It's very simple. There's two races. I was taught by my spiritual father, and this is backed up biblically, there is two races. There is the race of believers and Jesus followers, and there's the race of unbelievers. Two races. That's it. Race, based upon your skin and melanin content, is man's way of dividing us or describing us or keeping us in 
wrapped up in, in different categories so that they can divide us and define us in whatever they, way they want to. <clears throat> so I want us to be very, very careful in our churches, in our homes, how we're describing these things. Intersectionality creates more and more division, and we see it more and more in culture today. So with those thoughts, I just kind of want to, I just want you to consider that. Here's the thing about racism. Is racism real? Yes. Is it a part of culture? Yes. Is it a part of the church? Yes. But I believe that racism, like gossip, like sexual sin, like malice, what needs to happen is the person who has partnered with those specific sins needs the conviction of the Holy Spirit to lead them to a place of repentance. And from that repentance, that's where the healing comes. Because when you have a repentant heart, you have a humble heart. I've seen so many teaching about reconciliation and redistribution of wealth and intersectionality that's weaving its way into the church that it's just manufacturing more racism and more sin. It's not being helpful. Yes, racism isn't something that we can ignore. Like, we shouldn't ignore anything else. If it's harmful to the church, it needs to be discussed. But we need repentance first. Repentance first. And let the Holy Spirit, who is the comforter, bring the healing to the communities that it is affecting. And maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. Look at your specific community context, maybe your neighborhood or your family, and you're seeing different things. The intersectionality ideology will not help, will not help. It's just blame shifting. It's just pointing fingers, and it's just dividing people up into more and more groups, more and more fragmented groups. Don't fall into that. Don't let it creep into your family. Don't let it creep into your business. Don't let it creep into any area of your life. We must not fall into the cultural intersectionality ideology. We see it pushed by the government. And then finally, as I close, I just wanted to have a brief, brief discussion today as I, I want to just continue for all of us to remember what is happening up in Canada. We're seeing now police being military, militarized excuse me, towards the citizens of Canada. We're seeing freedom being stomped on and trampled on and we've we're seeing a dictator justin trudeau uh really just become an unbelievable tyrant on the world stage and there's nobody to hold him accountable no one to stop him um he will be remembered by history as a tyrant who could have done what was best for the com- country but he instead decided to do what was best for his power struggle And it's just people protesting a vaccine mandate that obviously doesn't work because if Justin Trudeau is vaccine, triple boosted, and still gets COVID when the truckers came up and he needed to go into hiding, that proves what a ridiculous medical treatment it is. So why would you not want to protest something you're being forced to take that doesn't even work? So let's just continue talk about what's happening in Canada. Pastors, leaders, pray about it with your congregations. Pastors, leaders, be vocal about it so that your congregations can have biblical worldviews. 
and not give in to the cultural Marxism that's sneaking its way into the church. And I'm talking about what's happening in Canada, and I'm talking about the intersectionality. So God bless you. Thank you for being uh, for tuning in today. I'm honored that you have chosen to spend a little bit of time with me. Continue to speak the truth. Continue to take a courageous stand for the truth. And I will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Courageous Truth Podcast. We live in a world that is in desperate need of courage and in desperate need of truth. Our prayer is that this podcast will equip and inspire you to live courageously for your family, your community, your God, and for your country. Be courageous in your stand for truth in a world that is completely abandoned. See you next time right here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Remember, truth requires courage.